whatever you're doing, however your day went. My day was great. It was very productive and, and happy. If you care, I believe you do. So uh, <laughs> definitely want to shout you guys out. We have some great things on deck for you today. We are having, a, of course, our contributor today. We're going to break down up one topic specifically because uh, after this, first of all, we can go a little bit in depth with this top, this one topic. But we also have in store for you a wonderful interview that I'm excited to have today with an uh, an author that I've been learning about recently, and I'm very impressed with. I, I'm sure you will be as well. Her name is Lily Mead. We will have her on in just a little while as well. If you want to jump in on this topic that we're going to talk about, I think. I think you should do it. I think you should just go ahead and do it. You can do that by calling 1-800-920-1580. You are also more than welcome to go into our KBLA 1580 YouTube chat room and light it up as you guys usually do if, if this is your first time joining in. There's usually a community of people in there waiting and welcoming you into the chat. I see you guys are already coming in there. Uh, hello to you. I see you. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Good to see you all. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and use that. And as a matter of fact, uh, I do. At, Andy, please try not to let me remember. There is an open mic that I would like to play. I'll play it. I'll play it a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, you guys do use the open mic feature. I think you should do it more often personally because I like hearing your voices. But if you want to, you can use our open mic uh, feature on the app. It's the KBLA 1580 app, and you can see it right at the bottom. And you'll be able to. Say whatever it is that you please. Get something off your chest. Join in on a conversation, which the person who we're going to play a little bit later did that, chimed in on a conversation or a question. It was more of a challenge that I had, and he responded with something on the open mic feature. So I definitely encourage it. Uh, hello to you all. Hello to you all. So listen, um, not too not too many updates that I'm going to give you today because I, I really do want to jump right into it. When we come forward, I'm going to bring our entertainment contributor in here so we can get right into it. Actually, let's just break it down what the Raw Report is going to be, Andy. Now it's time for a breakdown. Uh, you may be wondering who these people are, but you may who know you may know who some of them are. What do T.I., rapper T.I., rapper Killer Mike, rapper 2 Chains? Rapper Slim Thug and the late rapper Nipsey Hussle and now Beyonce and Kelly Rowland have in common. All right, I'm, I'm dropping names on y'all. What do they have in common? If you know, let me know inside the chat. If you don't know, stay tuned. When we come forward, I will let you know what they all have in common. And this is something that is becoming a bigger topic, especially today, because some reports just came out. We'll talk about it all. We'll break it all down for you on the other side. You are listening to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Stay right there. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Denzel Whitaker, and I'm on the Raw Report. Well, this is someone that I love to talk to. I think someone that you love to hear from. You are no stranger to her. This is Cheyenne Corinne. Hello, Cheyenne. Hey, girl. How are you? Happy almost Friday. We're happy, almost there. Yeah, happy almost <laughs> Friday to you, too. We are almost there. But, you know, sometimes if you feel it. It feels like a Friday, right? The energy is right. The it energy does. is good. Mm -hmm. It does. Me and my coworker were saying that earlier. We were like, it feels like a Friday. <laughs> like, what's in the air? Okay. I, I don't know, but I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. Uh, Cheyenne, I hope that you are well. I do want to talk about this topic with you. Uh, I know there's a lot to it. We don't have a ton of time, but I think we can breathe breathe on this a little bit and um, 
probably okay. someone that both you and I like. Uh, this really is involving Beyonce and Kelly Rowland. I was mentioning at the t- at the top on the other side. I said, "What do all these people have in common?" We know that Ti, Killer Mike, who are and Two Chains actually, who are all three natives of Atlanta, and Slim Thug is a native, and Beyonce and Kelly Rowland, they're all natives of uh, Houston, Texas. And what they all have in common is they are all buying back the block. All right. They are all really trying to uh, develop property, buy property, develop units to help with. There's there's a two there's a two uh, two way initiative here. So one is to really help with the homeless uh, population. This was just announced with Kelly and uh, Beyonce that they're pairing. They're partnering with Harris County officials to help build permanent housing units in their hometown of Houston, Texas. And it's going to directly benefit a portion of the city's homeless population, which I think is, I I can't even describe to you the way that that makes me feel, that they're actually doing something about it in their hometown. Again, T.I., Killer Mike, 2 Chains, they actually do something about it in their hometown. Slim Thug is another one. I don't think he's gotten enough props for what he does for his city of Houston. I actually want to get to this video where he's talking about, he actually showcases some of the property that he's buying. It's like a, a town. He's buying up all these homes. Uh, let's get to the video, and then I'll get your opinion on this, Cheyenne. Slim Thug, not just okay, a rapper, he's a businessman and entrepreneur, and his new investment is shining a light on older neighborhoods. Janelle Ford shows us how he is standing for Houston. He's one of the first faces that comes to mind when you think of Houston rappers. But under the radar, Slim Thug is making a mark in the city Thank God I made it out the trap. that extends beyond the music scene. I put 500 into It's a quest being taken on by rappers across the nation, buying back the blocks where they grew up and reinvesting in them. A movement recently thrown into the spotlight after L.A. rapper Nipsey Hussle was slain in front of his South Central store. I've seen people raise the question, well, who's, who's Houston's Nipsey? And uh, I've seen a few people mention my name. Quietly, Slim has been buying up properties in his old stumping grounds of Acres Homes. Yeah, the rock driveway. And he's doing so with some of his longtime friends. There's Troy Green, Corey Crawford, and LaShawn West. Hmm. I see some of you representing from Texas on the, in this chat right here. Um, shout out to to those in Texas. And and also, I want to be clear, there are tons of people who are a part of this entire initiative that may not have a name recognition, but they're doing the work. And that's just in Texas. Again, we mentioned in Atlanta, T.I., Killer Mike, people like 2 Chains. They're actually doing something about Uh, the community as a whole, let alone homelessness, right? Uh, But they are doing something about their city. Now, I'm in L.A., Cheyenne. I know that you aren't here. You're in the DMV area. But, you know, it sort of broke my heart. You know, they talked about Nipsey Hussle. Obviously, he was a a true advocate of black ownership, um, commercial real estate, residential real estate, those types of things. But outside of Nipsey We've not heard of anybody else really putting on for their city the way that he did and the way that these others do. And right now, just today, there was a report, according to the Los Angeles Homeless Service Authority, the homeless population here in L.A. is increasing. It's spiked up. The L.A. County as a whole is is increased by 9%. It, it just, there's such a huge problem 
Who is going to do anything about this? I wonder if you have the same issues there where you are, Cheyenne, and what you feel about this entire thing. I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Here in D.C., we have a huge homeless issue. And what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, when there are, you know, this house people, people that don't have housing, this impacts the entire community. Yep. You know, this is a community issue. And what I think is interesting about the um, homeless issue here in D.C., obviously L.A., they have a huge homeless issue. Is that You know, I'll be right by the White House and the Washington Monument, you know, where some of the most powerful people in this country live, you know, and right down the street, you'll see these homeless encampments. And I've actually done a few stories about these encampments being cleared. And Mm. these encampments are where people live. And I just think so often about, for instance, these billionaires who could just spend careless money to go on this submarine. How do we have people living on our streets? And a lot of these people, you know, I definitely am a person that is an advocate for working hard. But everyone's circumstance is different. And a lot of these people are dealing with various mental health issues. Um, they also, many of them are vets and serve this country. Your phone, so you're, that, you know, I'm sorry to cut, cut you off, but your phone keeps going in and out. I don't, it sounds muffled one second and then, are you on the can speaker? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I hear you great No. Now. Okay. Okay, just put my face close, okay. <laughs> put my face right up to it. Good, that, that's how we <laughs> need yes, you. Yes, go ahead. That's how we need you. All right, I'm right here. But um, yeah, you know, in D.C., like I said, it, it's very problematic because we have so much power in D.C. and it's just doesn't seem like our wealth in this country is anywhere close to being distributed the way that it should. So I appreciate seeing, you know, people do this and give back to the community because I think it will also motivate a lot of other people to do it. But why I think we sometimes don't see that many of us do it is simply like the lack of knowledge on how to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't just take money, you know, it really takes knowledge on, you know, knowing real estate. So I think that that's definitely a barrier we have to overcome. And I just I just have to tie it back to, you know, this affirmative action and, you know, the Supreme Court's ruling today. You know, this country is really, really putting, um, you know, black people in this position to where we have to be really hyperly focused on ourselves and our community mm-hmm. and building back into one another because it seems like the country um, may not be invested into doing so. So any chance we can get to invest in our communities, I think that it's a great thing. Mm. You are so right. You touched on so many great points. And uh, before I respond to any of those things, I do want to say, uh, Forrest Harrison, I do see you uh I I hear what you guys are saying. Fahima says Beyonce was involved in providing affordable housing even before COVID. This is true. Uh, Penny Thompson says kudos to them for all giving back to their community and making a difference. I definitely agree with that as well. And um, someone mentioned, oh, Forrest, you said Queen Latifah is doing it big. Yes, Queen Latifah, Pinky Cole actually is doing it big for their, you know, for their uh, respective cities where they're from. A lot of people want to give back to the community where they're from. And I get that. And I applaud that. My thing is, it's it's just mind blowing how we know that in the United States, there is this extreme wealth. We see all the celebrities have it. We see you balling out, seemingly balling out in all your videos and your lifestyle and all of the things, all of the, the jewelry that we know can add up to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars that they're wearing on them. 
And not enough people are partnering together to do anything about where they come from, where they actually come from and making a difference. And, you know, uh, you talked about, Cheyenne, that we're, we're we're sort of like hypersensitive or we, we pay so much more attention to ourselves as a as a people. And I agree with you on that. But I think even if we break it down further. As individuals, we are too concerned about us individually rather than the collaborative effort um, of kind of partnering together. And not many people have that um, that people don't have the thought people don't have the uh, the it's not the intellect, but they're not thinking ahead to say, what can we do to to build together? They're thinking, well, I have to make this money so I could get my family up out the trenches and we can live happily ever after. And then everybody else can suffer. Everybody else can just look and watch. And my mm-hmm. question and the problem that I have is that we're seeing far too many people in these other states. And even you, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm from LA. I'm, I'm in LA. So I, I'm paying a lot of attention to Los Angeles, but this goes to wherever right. you are. If you don't have someone from your mm-hmm. city, we all have someone who's uh who's uh, risen to success, you know, in our in our homes, in our hometowns. So we should all sort of hold these people accountable, if not, you know, call them out. That's just my my thoughts on it. Someone else did bring up a point. And I want to know what you think about this, uh, Cheyenne, before I have to let okay. you go. Um, I do understand the cost of living. Los Angeles is sky high, right? New York, yes. sky high. That could play a factor. Uh, do you think that, just because you are from your own particular city that you should give back to your own particular city in terms of, you know, buying, developing property and in uh, units for affordable housing or homelessness. Or does it count that you may be from Los Angeles, let's just say, and you want to go to Houston or you want to go to Atlanta because you know that it's more affordable? Does that still count or should we really try to focus on our own hometowns? Uh, I mean, I'm very big on starting where your hometown is. Like when it's time for me to invest, the first place I'm going to invest is where I'm from, which is Philly. And then, of course, you know, I'm going, I would love to expand other places. But I do think that it's something about, you know, a place that made you who you are, you know, investing back into that community. Just because you also just have a, a sweet spot there, you know, it's probably where your family lives. But the cost of living in these major states is insane. Like here in D.C., you really like you just have to be prepared to spend like two thousand dollars on rent if you want to live somewhere that is really livable. Yeah. So that definitely contributes to why there's so many people on the street, because there's people working every day, eight hours, 40 hours a week and cannot afford rent. So I definitely think um, I just. You know, I think that it's great that these celebrities are doing it. But, you know, when we really look at the grand scheme of, you know, our society, these rappers, they have money, but they don't have the money money that some of these other people and these other groups have. So, Mm. you know, I think it's definitely great for people in our community to be giving back to our community. But I don't want that um, to just be solely our responsibility because, you know, we still are trying to, you know, work our way up to really get that generational wealth. And I think that those mm-hmm. people who have benefited um, so many years, they should be the ones pouring back into this. And also our government should be helping these people that are out on the street. So yeah. yes, um, and I think that when you talked about individualism, I think that that's something that Black people have kind of been um, more like you're like have kind of adapted from this like American European mindset because, you know, we really... 
um, historically should like focus on being a collective. And I think that we definitely have lost that and have kind of, you know, caved into the capitalism and um, individualistic ideals. Agreed with you there. Fahima Sek, uh, she she agrees with you. She says all the millions of dollars being sent to Ukraine by the government can be used to address these issues as well. And uh, it's nice that they are doing that they are doing this, but it's the U.S. government's responsibility, not the celebrities. And while I do agree, it's it's more of a collaborative thing. I think that we, of course, we're we're going to call out our government because nobody really understands why billions of dollars are being sent to Ukraine. Nobody understands that. You talk to to us here in the United States, and when we have when we're looking at the homelessness problem, uh, nobody really understands it. I do also want to be clear. And I don't have the statistics. I don't have the numbers. This is not my my area of expertise. But there is such a thing as homeless people who have to be out on the streets. And there are people who are just houseless at the moment who uh, they may go to work. Just like you mentioned, Cheyenne, people actually go to work. People have uh, have you know, they're not down and out per se, but they'd prefer to be out there until they can get on their feet, uh, you know, save up some money and, you know, get a get a place or something like that. So there is a difference there. Um, I'm not sure that it's all being calculated all together, that they're all being counted together. I'm not sure what that looks like. But, uh, you know, there are other people when I look at um, people who aren't these huge celebrities with all this money, like Angela Yee. Is a great example. Angela Yee, who was a former co-host on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God and DJ Envy. Angela Yee, she now has her own podcast, which is great. But uh, she's partnered with the Jasmine Jasmine brand, not the Jasmine brand. <laughs> she's partnered with Jasmine, as well as some other uh, all all women. All they're all black women and they've all gathered there and I don't know that she's not mentioned them as though they're celebrities or have any sort of uh you know no noteworthy names but they've all come together as a collective to purchase property and they just purchased a uh, a property over in Detroit it was a whole dilapidated building and they're they're uh, remodeling it they have a a lot that was included in the deal right across the street from that entire unit from that building and they're trying to figure out what they want to do with the lot. I mentioned that maybe that they can do a community garden so that they can feed the community. I think that would be pretty cool. But my point yeah, here. Those are real. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Those are great, by the way. I've, I've seen several of them. Um, and hopefully we'll continue to see more. And I'm talking about the gardens and the community. But. What my point for mentioning mentioning Angela Yee in in the Jasmine Jasmine brand is that they're not uh, super wealthy and all this, but they've gathered together and uh, with their friends, and they're making things happen. So it doesn't take for you to be a celebrity per se. I'm just saying celebrities because that's who we're talking about today. We're talking about Beyonce and, and Kelly Rowland who are giving back uh, to their own community, and I see it happening in all these other uh, cities and I just don't see it happening in our own place. And that's, that's the thing that bothers me most, if that makes sense. No, it, it completely makes sense. You know, me coming from Philly, I wish I saw more of it, but there's definitely everyday people who are giving back to their community, rebuilding housing, advocating for affordable housing and rent stabilization. You know, everyday people, they really are making it happen just as much as the celebrities are.
They are. They are definitely. Uh, Pretty Brown Mimi, she says, I agree. It is the government's responsibility. If the U.S. can help the people of Ukraine, they can help our fellow Americans. Well, here, here to that. Listen, Cheyenne, it's been it's been great, but it's been short. And uh, hopefully we can have yes. you back again next next week. Let yes, everybody know where they can where, where can everybody find you online, Cheyenne? Yep, on all social media platforms at Cheyenne Corrin, C-H-E-Y-E-N-N-E-C-O-R-I-N. Always my pleasure, Robin. Always a pleasure for me as well. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your night and your your uh, weekend coming up. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. When we come forward, we've got the lovely Lily Mead, author. Uh, I'm excited to have this conversation. I think you will be excited to listen. Right now, news, traffic, and sports. You are inside the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, I'm Damian Young. I'm chilling with Robin on The Raw Report. Welcome back to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. If you're just joining us, well, welcome. Welcome to the conversation. We just had a great conversation regarding homelessness and what people are doing about it. We need more people to do things about it. This comes from a story that was just released. Uh, This has, I'm sure, been a partnership that's been talked about in in the works for quite some time. But Beyonce and Kelly Rowland, who are natives of Houston, Texas, they're partnering with Harris County. Shout out to y'all in Harris County or Texas as a whole. Uh, They're partnering with the officials out there to build permanent housing units in their hometown that will directly benefit a portion of the city's homeless population. I think it's incredible. Uh, Slim Thug is doing that also in Houston. Killer Mike, T.I., 2 Chains, all these people are doing some great things in their perspective cities, in their respective cities. What are we doing here in L.A.? What are we doing here in L.A.? It doesn't have to be celebrities, but it could be any one of us all just kind of coming together, a collaborative effort to do something about this huge, huge problem. Uh, Speaking of that, listen, I want to get into this great conversation um, with my special guest today. For all of you book lovers out there, I'd like to introduce you to Lily Mead. She's the author of The Shadow Sister. It's a young adult fictional book. Uh, So exciting. She's also the 2021 Eleanor Taylor Bland Award finalist, which is incredible. Um, If you're not familiar with that, it's an it's an annual grant for emerging writers of uh, color. So that's that's pretty great. Um, She's here with us today to discuss her book and an event that's happening tomorrow that she'll be signing her books uh, away. And so Lily Mead, thank you so much for joining us today on The Raw Report. How are you today? I am overjoyed. This is an absolute honor. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that you're here. Here, move this a little bit closer to you. We, we need right. to we need to hear that beautiful voice of yours. Um, I, I said when I said speaking of which, before I introduced you, we had a conversation before uh, before I started the show tonight about homelessness and how that is something that you've also experienced. Can you give us just a little bit of background into your own experiences with homelessness and how ultimately uh, you you. It's it was uh, I'm sure a transition for you, but it, you know you happen to get your uh, your book signing right, um, or you 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 give us the information. <laughs> I'm I'm messing up the story, but you Fair had your enough. own experience. I want you to give it uh, give it to us. Yeah, if you when don't you mind. were giving me the run of show, um, the talk about the homelessness uh, felt very relevant because I come from extreme poverty and um, have actually been homeless twice. Uh, I have always grown up. Uh, finance insecure and at one point 
we were trying to avoid being homeless for several months, uh, submitting rent application after rent application, contacting homeless charities to see if they could help us get into somewhere. And they said, we can't help you until you're actually homeless. If you come back to us once you're homeless, then we can do something for you. But nobody would was willing to do anything to prevent it. Um, so like the day before we had to move out and knowing that we had nowhere to go and that I was going to be sleeping in a parking lot, I made a YouTube video um, on my YouTube channel where I talk about writing craft and my writing journey and what inspires me, talking about how I was less afraid of sleeping in a Walmart parking lot than I was of losing the momentum that I'd made in my career. Um, And that video, I guess, really struck a lot of people in my in my industry, which is publishing industry, um, because lots of people rallied behind me and um, made sure that despite my homelessness at that time, I didn't lose the connections and the career growth that I was struggling to build. Um, it still took me another five years before I got my book deal, and three days before my book deal, I found out that my rent was going from $500 a month to $2,000 a month. My family at the time was on rental assistance where I live in Tacoma, Washington. That's called Section 8. And the only explanation that we were given for this was not really from them. It was an assumption because when we asked them if this was a mistake because it had to be, they were like, oh, no, it's not a mistake. We expect you to pay this much even, and we expect you to pay it in immediately this was not a gradual change we assume that because the rent moratorium for the pandemic had ended that any sort of like cost of living rises were finally being applied but those sort of things should be gradual not immediate um and where where was this where were you living at the time we were living in tacoma which is another hot button uh area for this discussion about housing insecurity and homelessness. Uh, I remember like last year, there were articles that Tacoma was one of the most expensive like housing costs areas in the nation, partially because it's being like rapidly gentrified because people who are moving to the Seattle area uh, for tech jobs in the city, they're like, well, I can't afford uh, Seattle. So I'll move outside and they move to mm. <laughs> Tacoma. And so my neighborhood has gone from being the ghetto where you didn't want to be seen after dark uh, 15 years ago to uh, me having a whole bunch of new neighbors who order Pelotons. <laughs> mm, I see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's interesting. I want to make this very, very clear. We just talked about the alignment of yeah. you coming on the show today, and this happened happening to be a topic of, of today. It's just the alignment. Um, honestly, I had no idea about your background, and I, I intended to ask you about your thoughts just in general, but you know, when you told me that you had actually experienced it before you landed your book deal, I was just appalled. Um, so thank you for giving your your uh, your perspective and opening up and being transparent about that because uh, I'm sure that contributes to your story as a whole right now because here you are with this beautiful book in front of me now. You, you did um, allude to your love for writing and your love for books. Can you talk about that right now? Just because I feel like 
I have readers in my family. Um, I mentioned to you before, I have 16 year old twins who just love to read. This is just what they do, right? Mm -hmm. And I admire it because I don't, it's not that I don't love to read. Let's be clear. I love to read. It's just I'm always on the go. So I know that audiobooks have really uh, become a huge thing. And um, and I'm not mad at that. I think you, any way that you can get the storytelling, any way that you can learn, you can become more educated, all of those things are great. But there is an art form in actually picking up a book, turning the pages. Tell us about your love for that and where it came from. Yes, I discussed this um, last week. Uh, I've been on my book tour for about a week. So I've been talking about my book and writing for quite a while now. I think um, books are a unique form of art. We were specifically talking about um, how movies and written media are different. Like the way that you build tension um, on like a scary movie, you can see something like creeping in the corner before the character sees it and like get that sort of jump scare. And with books, um, I talked about what is kind of like an emotional jump scare, like the building tension, um, the the way that you get readers to be scared or mm -hmm. um, be sad or fall in love is to just steadily make them more attached to your character. And um, I, th I think that's something really, really special and magical about books. And what I really love about it is that you can get them to care about people that aren't like the people that they normally know. Um, like my book is obviously about a black family, um, but I have lots of white readers who have loved the book and have learned a lot. Mm. Um, I'm listening to you talk. You have a beautiful voice. Tell me if, you, if you've if you not already, uh, you have an audio book version of your book and, and it's you narrating. No. Okay, because no. I'm saying maybe do another one and you know, you <laughs> your voice is just so appealing i can just not i'm i'm a person who just loves audiobooks because i'm always in my car so i love the sounds i love you know tones and inflections just different things and so i like that for you i'm just saying i'm putting it out there uh <laughs> give us some insight to writing this book right um give us what 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 this book is about and then I, i'd also like to know is this a story that you that came from you? You know, sometimes when you're writing, I'm an author as well. I'm, mm -hmm. And I only I only mentioned that to, to have some sort of relatability with you. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I'm an author. It's not that. It's just to say I understand. Right. There could be along the along the way in the journey of writing a book. You want to get out your story. You want to say what you want to say. But at some point, do you at all consider switching up anything to appeal to what the readers would want to hear versus you telling your story? Well, I think I try to write with the motto that I write real-world issues through an extraordinary lens because, like, you can't defeat poverty, you can't defeat racism, but you can create, like, a larger-than-life villain. You can create an, an analogy, and you can defeat that. And I feel like that can be very empowering for people um, who are doing the work on the, the larger real life journey. Um, so I personally write to work through my own traumas. Mm. And if I was just writing trauma, it wouldn't be fun. So mm -hmm. I definitely do put in the like marketable elements, the, the fun stuff, the high concept stuff, because um, that makes me not cry. Mm. <laughs> and that gives me a reason to want to work through it and give myself this self prescribed therapy mm. um 
I'm just so interested in, in reading the book and knowing more about it. But from what it sounds like, uh, could it be a standalone book? Or do you feel like this could be part of a, you know, a body of books? Maybe uh, I'm not sure if you if you get my point. Uh, yeah. here. Is it just a standalone? This you don't... one, this yeah. one is a standalone. Um, I did get a two book deal when I got my contract. Okay. So I'm currently working on my next book. And there is a character in this book. Um, I'll keep it secret. Mm-hmm. You got to read it. Uh, <laughs> that is heavily featured in the next book. So they're set in the same universe, but it is not a continuation. I feel like this one uh, has a pretty satisfying ending. Maybe I'll come back and write about what the characters are like in the future. Uh, mm. But I, I'm pretty proud of this story. You sound like it. I like the way you light up when you're talking about your own book. This is fantastic. Exquisite William says, huge fan of Lily Mead. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of you, Penny Thompson says, Lily Mead, what an amazing testimony. And thank you for sharing your journey. You are a perfect example of God's grace and what he will do. Faith, believer, prayer. Wow. Uh, absolutely. Um, congratulations on, on your book. Congratulations on the book tour. When we come forward though, uh, I got, we got to get some more information about your book. And we also have to talk about this, uh, wonderful book signing that you have coming up tomorrow. We will do that on the other side. You are listening to the raw report on KBLA talk 1580. Stay there. Giving you your daily dose of entertainment and celebrity news. You're inside the raw report Report. with Robin Ayers on KBLA talk 1580. Well, you know, I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. I know we have this wonderful author in studio today, Lily Mead, but I'm not going to leave you hanging. I will give you a Who's Got Next. This song actually is a bop. This is D1 My Happy. Mic check, one, two, here we go. Oh, oh, D1 coming through, man. I thought you knew, man, that I'm a new man. Yeah, and I ain't giving up my happy. Uh, uh. Love. I thought you knew I wasn't giving up my happy. Huh, I worked too hard for this. Love, I don't look like what I've been through. Amen. When I ain't have outside money, I stayed in. When hard times showed up, I could have caved in. But mama didn't raise a loser, I played a win. I've been through a lot of drama, but it never broke me. Now I'm happier than ever. Ask the ones who know me. People swear they be so loyal, I just tell them, show me. Sometimes they in, sometimes they out. This ain't hokey pokey. Smiling from the inside, I be glowing. Had to learn to trust my gut, I be knowing. Don't poke no bad vibes around me, I be towing. Digit my harvest from the seeds, I be sowing. It's the same God, different day. Whether hidden in the hills or the hood around the way. If you focus on the good, trying to get it, I'm delayed. Say, hey. It's just a feel-good song. It feels like a Friday song, but you know it's Thursday and it feels like Friday. That is D1 called My Happy. It feels so good. I'm. At, I think I'm gonna play it on the way home. It sounds good. Hope you guys like D1. He's got next. Um, let's get back to this wonderful conversation with Lily Mead. Uh, so so happy for you. Um, you're getting a lot of love in this. YouTube chat as well um, because of your spirit, your your outlook on life, even though you've had some traumas. We, we've all had traumas, but uh, obviously yours is, is, is painful. It's deep. and um, But you're here. You're here now. You've got this wonderful book. Can you turn it around for me? Uh, it's beautiful, too. The, the book is just beautiful. Um, the Shadow Sister. Can you give us a, a synopsis of what this book is uh, for our, our readers out there? The Shadow Sister is about two sisters who really, really don't get along. Um, 
But one of the sisters goes missing, and when she returns from her abduction, she's changed in ways that trauma alone can't explain. And her sister, who wasn't taken, is very suspicious of her. But you can't really be suspicious of somebody who has gone missing. Um, you have to pretend that they are perfect because you need people to care in order to help bring her home. So she has to figure out if her sister is manipulative, is a liar, or if there's something far deeper going on. Mm. I mean, it sounds like I want to watch it. <laughs> is it, is it. Do you get that reaction a lot? What my, have been the, rea- the yeah, reaction? Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard I have a very cinematic writing style. My, my mom definitely keeps, every day, she's like, have you got a film deal yet? Have you got a film deal yet? And I'm it like, it could <laughs> be coming. It could be coming. Actually, the way you speak is really uh, cinematic. It's, it's. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm like this. Like, <laughs> just go ahead. Just talk well, about it. That is quite a compliment from a radio host. <laughs> well, I appreciate that deeply. Um, tell us about what, I mean, right now, it's so funny because I, I'm always a person who's talking about stopping and smelling your roses. Just be here in the moment, right? So uh, take this next question with a grain of salt, but just also know that I'm happy for you where you are right now. And I think you should live in this moment. You should soak it all up. But what do the future plans look like for you when it, when it comes to your next book? Um, it's kind of scary. Because like I mentioned before, I've been homeless. I've I've been financially insecure. I'm still financially insecure. Mm-hmm. Writing is not the most practical career. Um, but I, I, I love being an author. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I dreamed of. And it is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, this book deal is actually the only thing that's paying my rent. Um, it's the only thing that's keeping me from being homeless for a third time. Uh, so for the future, for me... I can't tell you a whole bunch of details about my next book because we're still finalizing a lot of those details. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely have one. Um, I desperately want to continue writing. I desperately want to continue reaching readers. Uh, I found that I really love doing events and getting to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I just really love hearing how other people's stories and um, what inspires them. I just feel really honored. That's beautiful. Um, speaking of other people um, and their stories, do you encourage every is is a writer in everybody or is, I know everybody has a story. Um, how do you encourage people if they if they have a story? Do you encourage them to, to write in some form on my YouTube channel? Um, I have like my little slogan is life inspired by fiction because that's sort of like my outlook on life my motto is obviously real world issues through an extraordinary lens but my life outlook is a life inspired by fiction that the hard obstacles that you go through they are just plot points on your journey and everybody deserves uh, a happy ending it just might take a while to get there so I do believe that everybody has a story within them and every story no matter the twist or turns is is really worthwhile Hmm. well as you all can hear um what i don't want you to miss is this book here (laughs) uh we we've uh covered a good amount but you know i see and i love watching everybody in the in the comments truly giving you some love the um pretty brown mimi says great interview with lily uh lily sorry um fahima sex says i think i'm going to pick up lily's book this is good she says it sounds quite lovely (laughs) yeah uh speaking of i know fahima is not here in in los angeles um 
I'm sorry, quickly. Penny Thompson says, yes. She says, Robin, I see Lily's books becoming movies with cliffhangers, leaving us looking for more. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe maybe we're all on to something here. Uh, Give us some information about what what's happening tomorrow with Malik Books. This is exciting for you. Go ahead. I am really, really excited for tomorrow. Tomorrow at Malik Books um, at the Culver City Mall, I will be speaking in conversation with Christina Hammonds Reed, who is another excellent black author. Um, and I'll be talking about more about the book and I'll be signing it. And I will also have my special reader copy, which I have every reader sign. And that is my way to mem- get my memento and remember all the incredible people I meet. I'm so excited to, to meet people here in California. I Mm-hmm. I'm, it's going to be so great. Well, I signed the book, I have to say. Yeah. Um, and I've not read it yet, but I will. And I promise to do that. Uh, I, I'm actually going to listen to that audio book as it's well. It's a I'm great sure it's audio great. book. I'm my, sure it is wonderful. My mom keeps calling me. And I'll, I'll, no, actually, I keep calling my mom because I love my mom and I'm traveling and I want to talk to her. Sure. And she'll tell me what chapter she's on and she'll talk about the audio book. And she's like, this is so much better than reading it normally. You, she just performs these words. It's so powerful. She's like, she's like actually, I want you to like I want to go back to listening to the book and I'm like okay wait so you want to stop talking to me so that my words can talk <laughs> to you and she just said yes that's fantastic <laughs> that's that that's what moms are for uh they support us and uh we support you Lily Mead uh as well as this book the shadow sister congratulations on the book and you guys make sure that you if you are in Los Angeles make sure you get out there to the Culver City uh mall as well I would love to for meet Malik you. Books this is going to be awesome it's at seven o'clock if you want any more information malikbooks.com listen I am your host Robin Ayers it's been a pleasure you guys Thank always you so much fun for listening to me and I appreciate you coming in today remember today and every day for it to be a blessing guys